Good evening. I'm Shannon. I'm definitely a grateful believer of Jesus Christ. He's the lover of my soul, my first love, my one and only true, true love. Amen. I love people, but, you know, my love for people is conditional. You make me mad enough, I'll feel like I don't love you right now. Isn't that the truth? That's how we as humans are. But love his, but the Lord, his love for us is so pure that even when we're doing wrong, he chooses to bless us. Because he doesn't look at where we are. He looks at the end result, right? He knows what he's placed within us. So tonight is a testimony night, and I'd love to say that I'm here to give you my testimony. But you know, here at Woodland Family, we like to do things a little different. Um, so we are going to do a testimony tonight. Um, but it's going to be the testimony of Joseph. Um, and, you know, I love Celebrate Recovery because it uses testimonies to touch other people. But I want to tell you that there's a book full of testimonies that could touch our life, that if you never have contact with another human being in your life that touches you by their walk, you can open your word and you could read about real, actual, live men and women who have walked through some stuff and have overcame. This is just, this isn't a great novel, a great storybook. This is the living word of God. And when you open this word, it will come alive and be a map unto your feet if you will allow it. So that's what I'm hoping that we will do tonight. I'm a little nervous and I don't know why. You know, when I was over there and I was like, Lord, you know the passions I have. Let that come out. Let that be made alive. Let it be transparent when I'm up there tonight. And he said, it's not by might, not by will, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So we're just going to go before him and invite his spirit in this place. I could sit up here and I can say a thousand words. And if they aren't anointed, I'm just mumbling up here. So I just want to pray for the Lord's anointing to be in this place, that you will receive and that I will be sensitive to his spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for every person that is here tonight, Father God. Lord, I pray that you open their hearts and their minds, Lord. Prepare their hearts to receive what you have here tonight, Lord. Lord, and I pray that I could be sensitive to your spirit, Lord, that I will heed to your spirit, Lord, as he speaks words of life, Father God. I just pray that you just be in this place, Lord, that there will be a spirit of unity, acceptance, and love, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I just pray, Lord, as, I, as, my, as the word is going, forth that you are speaking that you will walk up and down these aisles and just touch and minister to hearts in Jesus holy name we pray amen so the story of Joseph begins in Genesis 37 I doubt that I'm going to get through the whole thing I mean it's I think Joseph's uh, a majority of the book of Genesis is lent to Joseph's life in comparison to others um, so there's quite a few scriptures I think it goes like from 37 to 50 or 50 something so it's pretty lengthy um, and while I enjoy reading the Bible sometimes when people are just up just reading it out to me and it's too much then we can kind of wander off in thought so we'll take it piece by piece and, and let the Lord lead it from there how's that so uh, Genesis 37 2 this is the account of Jacob's family line Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. 
Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in an old age and, made an, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So we're talking about Joseph. Joseph was born into a family. Um, Joseph's father had a couple wives and a couple concubines. Um, and Joseph's father was in love with Joseph's mother, but also had other wives. And Joseph's mother was barren and couldn't give Joseph or couldn't give Joseph's father, whose name was changed to Israel, any children. And then the Lord opened Rachel's womb after she had prayed and prayed and prayed, and the Lord blessed them with Joseph. And so Joseph was born out of a love marriage to his father later in life. I don't know about you, but I know for myself that um, while I had kids really young, and while I'd like to think I was an okay mom to them, I think I'd be a much better mother to them later in life. I think that we know more, we can invest more in our children, and I think this might be part of the situation with Joseph. He was born to his father later in life. So their relationship was different. It was special. It was a special relationship and Joseph knew that and the brothers knew that and it put a seed of envy in them and another thing I couldn't read the whole thing that you'll want to know is from a long lineage they have or I shouldn't say long lineage but they do have a lineage of being deceitful and being liars because Jacob the father he was deceitful and he was a liar and how many of you know that things go are brought down from generation to generation some of you are sitting in this room right now because of generational curses in your life that you don't even recognize that you have. Some of you have been bound by addiction because of generational curses in your life that you're not even aware of that you have. Because some of us think just because my parents didn't pick up alcohol or drugs that they weren't addicted to something. But I'm going to tell you that there's parents out there that checked out every day because they were addicted to their job. There was a father that was addicted to pornography. There was a parent that was addicted to sex and wasn't present in the home. There was family members that were addicted to violence. There's all kinds of an addictions that you can have that we're not aware of. And so most of us in here are products of something in that nature because hurts, hangups, and habits stem from that warped sense of bondage that man, that has been sown into man since the fall of man, right? So Joseph's father made him an ornate robe. An ornate robe. So back then, you know, it says a, a robe of many colors. It's not like here where you can go out and buy a blouse, a beautiful blouse, you know, that's, that's many colors. This was um, a special made blouse, and he cloaked him with it. And when I was reading that Joseph was cloaked with this uh, cloak of many colors, it made me think about the Lord and how the Lord does us. There are some of us that are chosen, and that is biblical. I don't want to say everyone is because it says um, many are called, few are chosen. And there are those of you that are chosen that the Lord cloaks you. He, he sets you apart. He puts a special covering on you that others can see that you're special, that you're set apart. And just like Joseph, it creates envy and resentment in others towards you. 
And that envy and that resentment begins to brew. And there's a lot of you in here that feel like you have never been a part of, that you could never fully fit in, that those around you still keep you at an arm's distance. And I want to tell you that I don't want you to be a faint heart. I want you to look to the Heavenly Father because chances are that the Lord has cloaked you with something that others see. He didn't create you to fit in, that he created you to stand apart and be different, that that's what he has created us to do, that you are cloaked by the Lord. When he sets you apart, others will see, will see it. Do not expect other people to receive your position with joy. Envy lies in the heart of man, especially the heart of man who is not walking with the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters in Christ can even be jealous of you, okay? It's in the church because how many of you know that when the Lord is working in your life and they see the anointing and they see you doing great things for the Lord, people start hating. They think there's not enough of God to go around. And I'm here to tell you there's enough of God to go all around. There's enough of him. He called all of us to be different. All of us... As much as I'd like to be up there singing, I'd clear the house if I was up there singing. I wouldn't draw you all in like you're supposed to, and I wish that I could. That's not my anointing. That's not the cloak that I wear. That's not how the Lord set me apart. So let's move on. So 37.5. So we're going to keep going. So we know that Joseph was set apart, that the Lord cloaked him. Actually, his father cloaked him, but I'm going to say it was the Lord, right? We know that the Lord does that for us. And 37.5 says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheep rose up stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all of the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Some of you in here, the Lord has placed dreams within you. He puts dreams in your heart and in your mind, and he puts passions in there. And sometimes we're so full of excitement and zeal when the Lord puts dreams within us that we just want to run out and share it with everybody. Guess what the Lord told me? Guess what the Lord told me? But I'm going to tell you that you might encounter people that are just like Joseph's brothers, and they might hate you all of the more because they they're not happy for you. They are not happy for you. They're not happy for what the Lord's doing in you. I'm going to tell you that sometimes when we share with others the plans that we believe that God has for us and that he puts inside our hearts, there's those that are closest to you sometimes that are not going to be on board with that. Because sometimes people are happy with business as usual. And if you change and you start walking in that way, some people won't know how to receive that because it's going to disrupt the homeostasis, that's the only way I know how to say it. And if you don't know what homeostasis is, it's the natural state of being, right? It's just the way things are naturally. But you see, when God calls you to the supernatural, it disrupts that natural state of being. And not everybody knows how to receive that for you. And I don't have all night, so I'm going to walk you through the scripture. I'm not going to read it word for word. So what I'm going to tell you is Joseph's brothers hated. They were hating on him. They were hating on him so bad that they decided to plot to kill him. 
And so they wanted to kill their brother. Their baby brother, can you imagine having hatred and envy so bad in your heart that you would plot to kill your sibling? But one of them, one of them thought, oh, no, you know, let's not kill him. So they were out in a field, and he went looking for him because the dad sent him, and there was a cistern, and they put him in the cistern, and they were going to leave him there to die. And then all of a sudden, some Egyptian travelers came through, and they sold him into slavery. So his brothers hated him so much because of God's plan and purpose that he shared with them that they sold him into slavery. I believe that Joseph if he wouldn't have shared with him, things could have turned out differently. And I'm going to tell you that there's things that the Lord's going to share with you and give to you and give you dreams that you're not to share with people prematurely, that they are not going to be on board with the Lord's vision for you, that there are some things that are going to be between you and the Lord, Margo, because those people around you are not going to understand. But the Lord knows the plans that he has for you, the plans to prosper you. Margo, the Lord has plans and you're life beyond your wildest dreams, beyond your own understanding. And people that are with you right now might not be with you then. So when we're telling our right nows what's going on tomorrow, they might not be able to receive it because they might not even be in your tomorrow. We have to trust the Lord. And Joseph shared a dream prematurely. And what happened? He ended up in bondage. Some of us share our dreams, we give our dreams away. We have dreams of being different people and we give them away and what happens? We end up in bondage. There are some of us sitting here tonight still in bondage. I'm going to tell you I was in bondage for many years, many years. As a matter of fact, I was in bondage so bad that it led to an addiction where I smoked dope every day of my life for two years. That might not seem a lot. I dabbled for many years while I was a young kid, but it came to such a point where the bondage was so great that I couldn't lay it down for two years. And the Lord said, enough. I have come to set the captive free. Enough is enough. Quit giving your dream away to other people. Quit letting other people control you. Quit letting other relationships steal your passion that I gave you. But what I'm going to tell you is sometimes when we're in bondage, we think that the Lord has forsaken us. But when Joseph was in bondage, the Lord was with him. The Bible says the Lord was with him when he was in bondage and he went to Potiphar's house. Potiphar made him head of his house. And some of us, we get in bondage and the Lord promotes us to a great place, but we're still in bondage, right? And you would think, oh, well, he's doing good things. But what happens? Potiphar's wife sets him up, right? He's the head of Potiphar's house. Potiphar's like a chief, let's just say a chief guard of the Egyptians. And so he's working for him, and he's doing things for him, and he trusts him. So he puts him in charge all over his house. And the wife, Joseph, must be a godly, attractive, handsome man because she wanted her some Joseph. Okay? But she was a married woman, and Joseph was a godly man. And when Joseph wouldn't submit to her, she tricked him. She used his cloak to say that he raped her and he was thrown in prison. And some of us, we feel like things in our life just keep getting worse and worse. We think that the Lord has forsaken us, but I'm here to tell you that the Lord has not forsaken you, that the Lord is with you. The Lord was with Joseph every step of the way because he knew he was setting up Joseph to save the entire Israelite population, the entire population. Because when Joseph was in that prison, it said God was with him. He yet again had 
had favor. And when he was in that prison, he was able to interpret a dream of Pharaoh. Pharaoh brought him out of the prison, raised him up, and still in captivity from where his brothers kept him for many years, Pharaoh put him over all of the, how do I want to say it? I want to say agriculture, but Pharaoh put him all in charge. And Joseph had the wisdom of the Lord. And in Pharaoh's dream that Joseph interpreted, there was going to be a great famine that was going to come. And I'm going to show you how the Lord brings things full circle. It might seem like I'm moving really fast, but I want you to hear me. Because Joseph was in bondage still. He was still in bondage. He still, you might think now, that dream must not have been from the Lord. Because this guy's latter in his years, and he's still in bondage. His brothers done did him dirty because he lied to them. He didn't lie because the Lord don't lie. When the Lord gives you a dream, and he gives you a passion, and he gives you a purpose, he brings it around. He brings it to fruition. God cannot lie. Seven years, there was to be a famine. Joseph was in charge of everything, so he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start storing up grain. We're going to get ready. We're going to prepare for this famine. And this famine was in Egypt and all across the land. Actually, I think it was across the land first before Egypt. But anyways, they were storing it up because a famine was, crum- was coming. And when the famine came, it spread all across the land. And lo and behold, Joseph's family, who thought he was dead and long gone, they needed some grain. Joseph's brothers came to Egypt where Joseph was, not knowing that he was in charge, asking him for some grain. You know, he didn't tell him right away, you were my brothers who sold me into slavery, right? He said, bring your brother. Or, Do you have any more of you? And they knew, he knew that, they, that he had a little brother that was still alive with both of his parents. And they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. How are we going to go and get our brother and come back? They didn't know it was their brother. To make a long story short, when they came back, he invited them into her home, their home, and he revealed to them he sure was their brother, and he was ahead of them. They were beneath him. The Lord brought purpose to that dream and that vision. And what I want to tell you is I don't care how many years that it takes. Do, it will ha- thank you, it will happen. Do not lose sight. Do not lose hope. I don't care what kind of addiction you're struggling with right now. Christ Jesus bore every sin and sickness, and he conquered death in the grave. He is the supreme authority. It does not matter what kind of bondage you're in. It does not matter what you've gone through. He is able, willing, and desires to set you free. Joseph is a prime example. Another point that I want to point out about this man is when his brothers came to him, I'm saying I know myself and maybe some of you, but if my sisters sold me into slavery and I was there for that long, when they came looking for grain, I'd be like, I'm sorry about your luck, but you're probably going to starve because I have been ostracized for my whole family. It would take the Lord God Almighty seriously working in me, but that wasn't even a thought of Joseph's. He was, he, was, he was excited. It was his brothers, but he was hurt at the same time. His feelings were, were up and down. He just wanted to see 
see his baby brother and his father, and it was a reunion, and it was a homecoming. And I'm going to tell you that there's going to be people that do you wrong along the way that you share your dreams with, you share your passions with, and they're going to do you wrong, and they're going to do you dirty, and it's going to hurt. But you know what? The Lord calls you to love them anyways, to suck it up, to get over it, because you might be working with them again one day in ministry. I'm going to tell you that we have to forgive. We have to forgive, forgive, forgive. And we have to know that the Lord is capable of all these things. When I read Joseph's story, I was amazed. Because I used to be a David girl. King David. I looked to him for everything. Because King David, you know, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And he did really bad things. And I might have done a couple bad things in my life before. (laughs) So if David could do a few bad things, or really bad things, like I never killed anybody, and he did, okay? So if he killed somebody and God still loved him, I thought, I'm pretty good. (laughs) I'm pretty good. (laughs) I'm probably going to be okay. You know, that's when you're young in the Lord and you're like, I'm because I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't realize. I didn't have the revelation of the blood of the lamb and how it cleanses me everything, how it cleanses, cleanses, cleanses. And while Joseph was not a Christ, I believe his life mirrored that of Christ. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of his testimony. People did him so wrong, so wrong, and he was in bondage in most of his life because of what others had done, but he was still a humble man with the love of the Lord and a godly man similar to Christ, right? Look at what happened to Christ Jesus. When he hung on that cross and those people beat him and bloodied him and he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. I believe that this is a type and a shadow of what God's calling his people to be in this very day. You know, too many times we walk around saying, well, they kind of don't know how life is in these end days. These end days, it's really bad. But I'm going to tell you what, none of us were sold into slavery. None of us were ever sold into slavery. I'm sorry, but most of us had air conditioning, and if you didn't, you had a house fan that you could stick in the window, and you had a floor and walls and all that. So I think, you know, looking at this and reading this, I'm just like, Lord, he wants so much more for us. He wants us to get in these scriptures. He wants us to know that if these people in the Bible, in the Word, were overcomers, So are we. That's right. We are overcomers. And and that's my passion. When I talk about the Lord giving you dreams, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'll be transparent. The Lord has given me a dream a long time ago that I would stand and I would tell people that you are an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Because the Lord called me to be an overcomer. And if he called me to be an overcomer, I know he'll call you to be an overcomer. I can't tell you the things that I've been through in my life and how they tore down my sense of self-worth. But you know what? It was built in Christ Jesus, and that's where it belongs anywhere. Anyways, each and every one of us has an identity in him, and it's in him and through him and by him and for him that we even exist. I was going to try to close with an altar call, but I forgot. (laughs) I forgot we're in Celebrate Recovery. It's not Sunday morning. (laughs) Well, that's all I got. Thank you. God, 
grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Amen.